<laughs> How dare he not think about me? Give him something to think about. <laughs> the nerve of him mm-hmm. living his life. Not thinking about me. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> we got some work to do. Yeah. We got to change this. Do, 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 do. Yeah. I noticed you weren't thinking about me. <laughs> What's going on? Uh, what you doing tonight? <laughs> I want to make sure you think about me tomorrow. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> We change that. We can't have this. Uh, you know, I'm not happy with that. Over here, not think about people. <laughs> the nerve of this guy. <laughs> Audacity. Oh, living man. his life, not thinking about people. <laughs> Acting happy and content. <laughs> what a jerk. Oh, goodness. <sighs> oh, super duty tough work. What up? We here, man. We here. Once again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, can you hear yourself? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Okay, you I'm good. 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 Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, you know, we welcome y'all back to the show. Yeah, we here. Back in the place. <sighs> Charting new territories as usual. Mm-hmm. Yo, you know what I discovered? What? The rabbit hole that is Spotify. <laughs> you just. Like, the, I, I, oh, I just, I've been in there. I yeah. just got Spotify maybe two, three months ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So dog like yeah i just go down them rabbit holes it's and deep. get lost it's, it's deep it's deep it's so deep it's a lot of good music out there yeah a lot of it's good a music. little overwhelming oh it's extremely overwhelming because we come from a time when like it was like i'm gonna buy this album listen to this album for all for like the next month then i'll move on to another album. yeah maybe yeah but it's now it's like no nah, all right. the music all the time anything anyone yeah how do you sort through it sometimes Man, i feel it's, like it's how difficult. do i even get through Cause I'm going back, like listening to shit I ain't heard in years. Yeah, you know, and listening to shit from the artists that I used to listen to that I haven't heard yet. <laughs> right, like where does the album come from? Right, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> that and then it's like new artists that I want to listen to. Yeah, you know, I want to check out. Yeah, and it's just right there. Yeah. Album came out yesterday, and you got it on you immediately. Got it immediately. That's why I stopped banging on Spotify. Yeah, when I got Spotify, it's I was so, like, "It's a pretty thing." Oh, because I was hating for a long time. I know you was. I was hating for a long yeah. time. I, I didn't voice my hatred. <laughs> I feel like I made you come on in. Like, <laughs> I mean, kind of a little bit. All my albums on there now. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm Spotified out. <laughs> This motherfucker over here, he done switched up the whole shit. Yeah, man. Hey, like, can't beat him, join him, bro. Yeah, it's a beautiful place to be, man. <laughs> yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's a crazy invention, and you really think about how um, progressive it is in terms of it being tied to your phone. Right. Like, that's the part where it's like, oh, because I had it for my desktop first, mm-hmm. and I wasn't really using my phone that much. And then when I started fucking with it on the phone, I'm like, oh. This is where it is. So I ain't got to bring none of this shit in the car that I'm used to bringing. Exactly. I just hop in the car, and this motherfucker just load up. Yeah. You know, the Bluetooth gets detected by the stereo, and it just comes on to the last song I was playing. And, and it I'll... doesn't take up any memory. Yeah. You got every album in history. Yeah. And it takes up no memory. Dog, I was listening to fucking Miles Davis yeah. the other day, like an album from fucking 60, just 67, because. just because I could. Bro, I've been listening to David Axelrod for four days straight. <laughs> a week straight almost yeah. because I went biking. I was like, I need some music to bike to. Yeah. And then I got my David Axelrod. One of his songs. I was like, okay. Went through his whole catalog. Made the bomb ass David Axelrod playlist. Yeah, man. Now I'm exercising that shit. Wake up to that shit. Yeah, it's only through Spotify could that be possible. It's a beautiful thing. 
Yeah. It is a beautiful. I was hating for a long time. We in an age range where we supposed to hate initially. Yeah, I think so. But it's okay. No one hate the new shit. Yeah, you know what yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, only yeah. supposed to hate the new Late shit. Late adopters. Right. <laughs> now that I'm in there, I'm like, yo, this is the greatest invention ever. Right, right. <laughs> These kids, they on the something they with this one. <laughs> I listened to fucking straight up suicide. Uh, wow. That's effects the other day. Yeah, that's random because, as hell. I know, exactly. Shit just you be, never would have listened to. Just because I listened to some uh, EPMD uh-huh. and it came up. Related artists. Related artists. <laughs> And I was like, oh shit, this is over here. Let's play. You know? <laughs> I wouldn't think about Nas Effects. Right, right, right. Who goes to Spotify to listen to Nas Effects? Exactly. <laughs> Nobody. No bro. one. But related artists, I'm like, oh shit, I ain't heard this in a long ass time. No disrespect to Nas Effects. No, 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 no. They're not trash, but I'm just saying. Because I like... listened to the whole fucking record just because. <laughs> because the first record was only 10 joints. I forgot. Oh, wow. It was short. I had it on tape. I did too. Yeah, I bought it. Like yeah. it was, it was a shit back in the day. Yes. But yeah, I don't go to Spotify. They're not the kind of artists that I go to Spotify for. But exactly. Yeah, if it's because they're on there, you're gonna listen to it. Yeah, it was like, yo, I ain't heard this since I was fucking in high school. <laughs> I'm about to go down this rabbit hole. Then they have a song called Lucy. I remember Lucy. Was mm-hmm. that them? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Was yeah. Dumb. It was an album cut off that record. There's no fucking channel live after <laughs> that. Yeah. Wow. I'm saying like yeah. Spotify rabbit Dudes hole. Who didn't man. even have good albums. Right. <laughs> That I, I had the album, so I'm like, this is nostalgia, even though the album sucked. <laughs> Wake up in the morning, got the yearning for <laughs> herb. one good song. That was one of the worst opening lines ever. Oh, man. Wake up in the morning, got the yearning for herb. They were so staccato. Yeah, they could not rap that well, man. Yeah, man. They had a couple joints, like that reprogrammed joint. Yeah, reprogrammed. That was the first Fire. single. Yeah. Flames. The but, beat was crazy. <sighs> yeah. yeah. The rest of it was just like, <clears throat> huh? Yeah. 90s rap that yeah. like we thought was hype but wasn't yeah. really really 90s really new york rap yeah it was yeah. a lot of dudes semi underground <laughs> right because back then if you had dreads you could we just assumed you, oh, was, yeah. you could rap yeah you he was bars. the dude yeah, yeah yeah in the 90s if you had rap dreads and you said i can rap dudes was clear like the fucking red seat <laughs> yeah like up. like oh yeah you let him get on the let mic him, let him he got yeah. some bars because like, you would either be like the reggae guy mm. or you would just have some rugged ass shit yeah now it's like Dreads have been like gentrified by trap rappers. Yeah, so it's like it's not even cool no more. <laughs> no, no, Wayne fucked it up for dreads and rap. Yeah, because once he got dreads and made it okay, it was like now everybody who rap like him got dreads, and the righteous dudes just yeah don't matter don't, no don't rap. Because I mean, because two of my kids got dreads now. I was like, I had dreads when dreads wasn't popular, bro. Yeah, when they meant something. Yeah, when they meant when I had dreads yeah. because of history. Yeah, not because, because they was popular. Right, 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 <laughs> right, right. Back in the day, it's like, oh, he got dreads. He must be spiritual. Right, he's an artist. He reads books. Yeah, he's he, a poet. He's deep. <laughs> now it's just like Lil Wayne. Oh, he's ignorant. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like the dreads been gentrified. It's bad. Man. <laughs> By men and women, because even back then when you saw a woman with dreads, it was oh, yeah, like, because yeah, yeah, yeah. it takes commitment. You oh, know what I'm saying? Like, like, I know she smelled good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She probably burned candles and incense <laughs> in her house. You know her house smelled good. You walk in there and faint. It smells so good. You just melt into the couch. Yeah, man. Oh, it's bad. Okay. All right. <laughs> we do have a show to do, I guess. Right. That was a hell of a rabbit hole. To yeah, go yeah. See, that's what happens that's when you get Spotify. Happens. You yeah. start talking about shit like that. <laughs> Okay, so this week, yeah, we're gonna talk about an artist that we've been meaning to talk about for a while, uh-huh. uh, a group, and we haven't, and uh, we're gonna talk about Run the Jewels today. Yeah. Uh, you know, I thought we would talk about them a little sooner because I was assuming they would have come out with a newer album by now, mm-hmm. but they've taken a couple years off, yeah. and so uh, they've been torn their asses off. Yeah, they've been doing things. They've been active, you know. So, Kill them right, got a show. <laughs> yeah, LP is doing soundtracks and things yeah. of that nature. You know, so they're not chilling, right? But uh. I've wanted to talk about them for a while was their marketing, you know, and 
uh, what we can learn from their marketing and the things that they do. Uh, you know, as fans, we see groups like this come out and we're like, oh, shit, you know, Run the Jewels is dope. Mm-hmm. And it just seems to take off. And sometimes we think, oh, well, this just happened because timing, yeah, right. luck nah. and or. Right. But there are a lot of things that they did and they do every time that they come out that I think have helped them. Uh, gain the momentum that they have and yeah. become, you know, the, the prominent artists that they have, which, and they blew up really fast. Yeah, stri- but the strategic nature of how they present things, which is what we'll talk about, yes. is it's not an accident. No, not no at accident all. at all. Mm-mm. And uh, so we're going to talk about, you know, the brilliant marketing of uh, Run of Jewels. If you're a Run of Jewels fan, this episode, you know, should uh, hit you differently. If you're just an artist and you're thinking, how can I market my music better? How can I make more of an impact when I drop my my records? Everything that we're going to name in here is something that you can actually do yeah, and something that they've done and you can go back and look at it. And so I hope that this helps you in that way. And uh, we'll take a break and we'll be right back. Yeah. We got you stuck off the realness, the most infamous. You heard of us, official podcast murderers. The show comes equipped with few points to share. Grown man ideas for all those who care and want to grow. So go ahead and download every single week with a brand new episode. You're not alone in this world, cousin. So we share information and honest discussion and keep repping the culture like we supposed to. They spread gossip, but they never come close to. I can hear it inside their tone. They talk about the industry but never left their home you get laced up with bullet points and such plus empowering topics that they never would touch you can put your whole network against the team but super duty tough works the mvp most valuable podcast on mp3 priceless info but all of it's free huh. so take these words home and think them through super duty tough work is coming at you now listening to Super Duty Tough Work with your host, Blueprint, raw and uncut, adult conversations, no shucking, no jiving, and no bullshit. All right, folks, we're back. Yeah. Those guys, the most infamous podcast on planet Earth. Yes, sir. And beyond. Mm-hmm. Mars. Venus, <laughs> Jupiter, Neptune, what up? Pluto, get at us. Pluto ain't a planet no more. <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> I know it ain't it. They just trying to stop our conquest. Man, they always on some shit. They trying to stop our range, man. Oh, you think you got fans on Pluto? Pluto don't exist no more. <laughs> bullshit. It's just a rock. They're trying to discredit us. Yeah. They know we popping on Pluto. Always. What the fuck? Have been for a minute now. Come on. Okay, Run the Jewels, for those who don't know, is Killer Mike and uh, LP mm-hmm. on a production in Rhymes. And they came out, was it first record, 2013, 2012, I think? I think so, something like that. Um, I like double, yeah, 2013. Too. And uh, w- one of the first things that we're going to talk about, the traits that they did that allowed them to be successful. And these are all things that you can do and try at home. But the first thing we're going to talk about is that they combined forces. Right. When you look at... Killer Mike. Prior to that, he was known for his affiliation from Outcast, the Dungeon Family. Mm-hmm. He had been on some big singles with Outcast and Dungeon Family, um, but as a solo artist, he was not as well known. Right. He did not have his own sound. He mm-hmm. was still putting out mixtapes a bit, but he hadn't. People knew Killer Mike, mm-hmm. but he didn't have anything that was as well polished. 
yeah. as what Run the Jewels kind of came to be. And honestly, his first record with LP is really what kind of reinvigorated his career because he had a before Run the Jewels, LP produced a solo record for him. Yeah. And so like, uh, but if you look at Killer Mike, he was coming from, I mean, uh, you could not pick two dudes from two oh, different yeah. lanes. Yeah. So look at, so that's Killer Mike. LP came from Definitive Jux, Underground New York, mm-hmm. uh, Independent Hip Hop, same lane that we came from, right? right? And if you really look historically, there's never been any affiliation between Southern rap right. and New York Independent rap right right but both of these guys could rap Mm -hmm. and both of them were artists and i think what what was interesting that they did was they brung two guys from two different lanes together Mm -hmm. they found common ground and it didn't sound forced right we've seen guys say you know i remember there was uh, a few years back you know Talib Kweli did a, a a guest feature with Gucci Mane and he tried to intellectualize it like it was, you know, he really sat around listening to Gucci Mane records and we know he was lying. Did he? Yeah, remember, you probably forgot, but yeah, it was, he did a record and he was just trying to, we're like, dude, no, you did that to try to grab some fans. Mm-hmm. You're trying to be relevant. Right. No one got that feeling with this collaboration. Oh yeah. When it came to Run the Jewels, it was like, no, I can see these guys sitting around kicking it, laughing and you right, know what I'm saying? Right, partying right, together. Right, right. They're right. legitimately friends. Mm-hmm. You can tell like that in everything they do and when they're seen together, how they engage each other online and offline, that they're legitimately friends and admire each other's work. Right. So what you had was a, a unique opportunity that they took for two people from two different lanes to come together and combine forces. Mm-hmm. And that created a, a one level of interest that I don't think would have been had uh, in any other way. Oh, no. You know, so that's like the first thing they did. How does that impact them? Well, for you as an artist, there are people you work with mm-hmm. um, and there are people who you are loosely affiliated with who you may not know. Right. Who if you were to say, I'm doing a record with such and such, people would be like, what? Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Yeah. You doing a record with him? Mm-hmm. You doing a record with her? That's dope. I'm looking forward to that. As artists, we have to think sometimes that, yeah, we can keep giving people the same thing. Mm-hmm. But sometimes a change is good to keep people engaged especially when it comes to making our albums because right. when run the jewels was announced no one knew what it was going to sound like oh no nah. and it, what we had in our heads probably was nothing like what it actually did sound like no nah. it, it came out being this super energetic high paced like almost angry like like confrontational dope oh, yeah. music you know yeah. what i mean um very abrasive yeah and and that wasn't what necessarily people were thinking it was going to be mm-hmm. and some people were like man i wonder if killer mike is going to sound good over yes he does <laughs> <laughs> very, very much so. Yeah, because so. LP is a great producer, and he's always been a great producer. And I think that the opportunity that they saw and that they found in combining forces was uh, a big part of their success. Yeah, I mean, it, we've we've done it in our careers. Yeah, you know, you and RJ. Yep. Me and Blockhead. Yep. You know, like just doing project. Me and you. Yeah, I mean us. Yeah. Yeah. Like we've done it throughout our careers because it's fun to make music with your friends. Yes. Like it's it's not as much pressure. And when it comes out dope, it comes out dope. Yes. You know, but it's it's fun to make music with your friends. So it's like, hey, you rap, I make beats. Yeah. Or, you know, we both rap. Like, let's let's do something and see how it sounds. Yes. You know? Like yes. that's that's the best shit. And sometimes it turns out to be a multi million dollar uh, idea. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and, and if you look at this premise, this is the same premise that a lot of Hollywood movies are written on. Mm-hmm. Look at um Lethal Weapon, right? Danny Glover and uh, Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. Mm-hmm. Look at uh, Forty Eight Hours. Right. Nick Nolte, Eddie Murphy. Right. 
run the jewels is just something else in that lane yeah it is it right is. like where you have these two things you're like how is this gonna work out mm-hmm. you know instead of it being a, a film it's an album right but you do have these two uh personalities that would seem to be conflicting right you put them in the same room together and they actually love each other and it creates some shit that you never would have saw exactly and so that's the number one thing uh combining forces yeah number two and this is one that we could probably do a whole episode about, oh, but yeah. we'll just save it for one point. We definitely could do an episode <laughs> you know, about it. Uh, that Run the Jewels, uh, that made them successful in their marketing was strong branding. Everybody knows the symbol. Everybody knows the symbol, right? So they got, so Run the Jewels, for those who study hip hop long enough mm-hmm. and understand New York hip hop, it's actually like a verb. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, a, it's what someone tells you right before they rob you. Run they that t- shit. Run that shit. Run the jewels. <laughs> right, right. Right. And so it was always a slang, you know, term like that. They turned it into their group name. Mm-hmm. Right. But what did that mean? That mean that now your logo was not just a symbol. Mm-hmm. It's a symbol of an action. Right. It's something that now people can actually do with the chain, with the fucking, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. With the with the gun symbols. Like, yeah, gimme that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it it speaks to their whole uh, approach to music, how yeah. they kind of storm the industry. Some people say, Oh yeah, it's just a logo. But no, the, the logo and the name uh trickle down into every single strategy that they employed oh, as yeah. a group. You know, you look at their merch, mm-hmm. how they have so many people. Uh, buying different types of merch with the symbols on it and they can run this out any number of ways when you look at uh, social media and how people are spreading the word about it taking pictures doing the sign yeah you know what i'm saying yeah. like do you know about this oh he, he, he did the run the jewel sign you know they were yeah. with whatever ralph nader and he did the whoever right 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 um this is this is something that allows people to spread the word and do the heavy lifting for you right mm-hmm. um the branding behind what they do to me is just such a ill master class and um and and what a lot of artists should do and and also it it speaks to the limitations of just having a rap name right right you got a rap name right i've got a rap name yeah they have some symbolism shit <laughs> yeah it's a completely different thing it's a completely different thing that they are a thing right they are an idea mm-hmm. it's the difference between um putting out a record under the name george clinton mm-hmm. or putting out a record under the name Funkadelic. Very different. One is your name. One is an idea. Right. If you have the the opportunity to make your band name an idea, mm-hmm. it will live longer than your personal name ever will. Yeah. It will not die. Um, MF Doom is no different than this. The mask is yeah. his branding. It's his idea. Yeah. Doom is not this. He's not like us anymore. Nah. He's it's, on a whole nother level. He'll of, never age. Never. Because it, the mask is what people are yeah. supporting. That's MF Doom. Yeah. Most people, most fans of Doom have no clue what he looks like. Right. Even though, you know, we know what he looks like because of the yeah. Zed Love stuff. but And they don't even care. They don't care. Because the, they are supporting the idea. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 and when you can create something as an idea... Um, if I knew this back when I was naming myself, oh, very powerful. I yeah, I would have named myself something different. I mean, I guess Blueprint is kind of an idea, yeah. but it's not. It's not Run the Jewels idea, <laughs> right? It's not. You it's know not, what I mean? It's yeah. not MF Doom with the mask of an idea in terms of branding and the marketing behind it. That that well, the, the marketing that you're allowed when you brand it that way. Mm-hmm. And my advice is to anyone out there who has a band, uh, a hip hop group, a pr- idea, mm-hmm. a product, strive to to make it about the idea more than the item itself yeah right because when you make it about the idea that is what allows it to become bigger that's what allow people to buy in mm-hmm. you know it's like yo 
run the jewels to one person could just mean, oh, yeah, this is something they used to say in the New York when people were robbing you. To the next person, it's just a symbol of how we're against materialism. Right. Oh, you got to change. We're going to take it from you. Right. To, to the third person, it, the idea might mean, OK, this is how we're going to come into the industry and, and we're going to loot and yeah. take everything and pillage the, the music industry. Right. Our own way. Do our, our own, own way. Shit. Yeah. To every single person, it's got a completely different thing because mm-hmm. it's an idea it's bigger than rap yeah and that's something that i think was brilliant from the beginning that i don't think they get enough credit for yeah see this is one of the things when um when Wu first came out yep. i was most interested in ghostface because i didn't know what he looked like yeah and it was it was crazy and, and for him to have that name and then have the the stocking over his face <laughs> yep. to where you did for a long time nobody knew what ghost looked like it's true and that shit was so intriguing and the fact his voice mm-hmm. and like the fact that he was as dope as he was as a rapper yeah. was so fucking intriguing. Yeah. It was the idea of Ghostface Killer as like this yeah. this faceless assassin rapper that's that's killing shit. And mm-hmm. I gotta know what he looks like one day. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's the same it's the same idea, same thing. It's true. So uh, you know, for those of you out there, you know, please take note of this one. Branding means everything. And sometimes um, you know, we do this when we roll out our albums. I've done it on the last album, you know, to where I had, let's say the album was called, you know, two headed monster. Mm-hmm. The title of the album now translates into the merch design. Right. So now we got the, the, the shirt that has like the dragon with the beats and the mic, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So now you got this, you have, you have an idea that translates into other aspects right and that's how you mark so now you have this whole logo so now you can take that logo and you can make stickers Mm -hmm. you can make t-shirts you can run you can put it on your videos at the end and to where now you have an idea Mm -hmm. the two-headed monster is now an idea in the same way that run the jewels is an idea especially for those who make beats and rhyme Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like we know okay yeah yeah it's hard doing both so yeah this shit speaks to me Mm -hmm. and uh for those who want to support it speaks to them it's just an idea um that's much better than just being like, you know, the dopest producer on the mic. Right. Yeah. Dope beats. Mm-hmm. Bangers. You know what I mean? Just things that people say that don't have any visual component to them. They're not really ideas. They're just statements. Right. You know what I mean? So uh, that's number two. Okay. Number three. Great album setups. Yeah. This piggybacks off the branding very well. Right. Uh, when you look at when they came, everything was laid out, mapped out. And was like, we're announcing a group. Here's the single. Mm-hmm. And then the single came out no sooner than a single drop. Week later, boom, here's the fucking album release date. Yep. Here's the second single. Here's the feature. It was like this avalanche of of events mm-hmm. that their album uh, was setting up. It's like, oh, so yeah, we got the single announcement. Oh, shit. Well, no, first, here's the group announcement. Oh, mm-hmm. shit. Y'all working together. Oh, work? Okay. Next week. Okay, boom, here's a single. Oh, shit, this is fire. Mm-hmm. Okay, two weeks later. Okay, here's the second single. Oh, shit, this is fire. Here's a track list. Oh, snap. Here's a tour dates. Oh, shit. Here can you get the album for free. Oh, shit. Right. And the thing is, they they understood the time they were living in too because they did it's not like it was before when they when they both were making records to yep. where it's a 90 day build up and all this shit like they was dropped within the time they announced it the album was out no late no later than a month later yeah you yeah. know and they had a whole bunch of shit in those weeks leading up videos yes. even merch you know all the announcements all of that shit so they understood the time that they were living in too and used it to their advantage total totally and so like for artists out there you know listen to this like 
with an artist like Run the Jewels is setting up their project properly, mm-hmm. just because it's rolled out over a 30 day period doesn't mean that they just threw that together. Right. They have been planning that for months, maybe a year yeah, at least. going into that to get all of that stuff in place just so that when that single is out, you can click on that link and hear it on every platform. Yeah. You can go purchase it, download it, everything. This is what setting up your album or project is about. That's the benefit of it. Um, don't put out stuff. Yeah, I mean, you're not Beyonce. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Beyonce can, can do it. Yeah, she can just drop today and it'll yeah. sell a million copies. Right, yeah. right. We can't do that. Nah. I don't think I can get away with it. No. You know, so 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 set up your project. Don't just throw it out there as if you don't give a fuck. To execute at the highest level, and this is something anyone can do. Mm-hmm. It's not reserved for run the jewels or people with big budgets. It's actually reserved for those with patience. Right. You know what I mean? And with a plan and uh, you know, set up your album properly. Yeah. Okay. Number four, and this is one that is highly slept on that they did at a time, which was perfect timing that it'd be harder to do now. But the number four thing that Run the Jewels did was they made the music free. Yes. When they first released their project, people assumed it was going to be something they had to go get, pay for, order. And they was ready to do it. They were ready to do it. Yeah. And then the day came, it's free. You're like, oh, shit. Million downloads. Right. Go to runthejewels.com and download the album now. Mm -hmm. I can't even imagine how much traffic that thing got. Crazy. You know, and they filled all of those orders. So now because they made the music free, they had this new product with strong branding, Mm -hmm. uh, with combining forces that made you wonder what the hell was going on. They set it all up purposely and then they made the music free. Yeah. Come on now, man. You're winning. It's. It's almost not fair. Yeah, you winning. So, so now for those who are on the fence, mm-hmm. I don't know about this LP. And, and, and let me check it out. Let me, okay, I'll download it. Yep. It is free, right? Then you get it home. You like, damn! <laughs> I got, now I got to buy a shirt. This is I, fun, I right. feel bad because I ain't pay for it. Yeah. Now I got to buy a shirt and a hat. Oh, they got a tour date coming up here soon. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna get the shirt. Yeah. And I can rock it then. I need to let people know this is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna support. Yeah. You know, so you got all these people giving. I mean, getting free music Mm -hmm. and the free music starts a word of mouth on its own, Mm -hmm. because now when people are saying, hey, this new Run the Jewels album is dope. Instead of saying, go buy it, they can say it's of no risk. Just go download it. It's free. Yeah. And people, the the barrier of entry has been reduced. Yeah. It's like it's like, all right, I'll check it out. Yeah. How can you you download it? And you're like, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because this was before streaming was really cracking. Mm -hmm. So to give away a free album on this level yeah. was very rare, you know, between two guys who, I mean, LP was a guy who was selling 50,000 records independently, yeah. Oh yeah, uh, you know, and Def Jux was like, he was no small guy. Right. And for him and Killer Mike to get together and to make their first album free, I think that caught a lot of people off guard, mm-hmm. but in a good way. Right. And uh, that's number four. Okay. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. If you've been listening to the podcast recently, then you know, I've been working on a brand new book that I hope to have out in the next couple of months. But in the meantime, I'm here to let you guys know that all three of my first books are back in stock at waitlist.net. That means Adventures in Counterculture book, back in stock. Word is blog, back in stock. And my most recent book, What a Night, a book about the worst shows of my career is back in stock. All back in stock and you can get all three of those for just $25 on waitlist.net. Once again, all three of my books are available for just $25 on waitlist.net. Back to the show. Ah, 
Man, every week we do it. Powering information. Bullet points and such. Priceless. <laughs> but all of it's free. It is. Jeez. We could probably charge for this. Yeah, we could. I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Quick announcement. We're going to be doing uh, a live join. Oh, yeah. Soon. I talked to you about it. Yeah, well, yeah, I knew. But for those of you at home, we got to come up with a topic. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to do a live join this summer. Uh, I can't give away no details yet. Right. But it's going to be a super duty, tough work live mm-hmm. event. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the way that sounds. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> super duty, tough work. So we're going to we want to come up with some topics that or a topic that uh that kind of is aimed at independent artists, creative people. Mm-hmm. So we're going to brainstorm. If y'all listening to this, y'all get on uh, SoundCloud. Hit us with your suggestions. Yeah. Hit us on the DM and, uh, and uh, uh, Instagram. Right. And let us know what y'all think while you're listening to this. Comments uh, on YouTube. Yeah, comments on YouTube. Wherever wherever we are, hit us with your feedback there. Yeah. And uh, that would be appreciated. So yeah, back to Run the Jewels. Yeah. And their brilliant marketing. Okay. We're on number five. And number five is something that is also vastly underrated that they did mm-hmm. and the number five thing that run the jewels did uh with the brilliant marketing is they had interesting collaborations yeah okay big boy from yeah. outcast of course first album mm-hmm. okay you already had a hard time seeing lp <laughs> and killer, killer mike, mike yeah. coming together right so then they throw the big boy collab on there and your brain is like okay i have to hear this yeah big boy over lp's beats come on <laughs> What, I what, need more, that. what more can you say? What more do you have to say? I need that, right. man. I need that in my life. Okay. Zach De La Roca. Of course. <sighs> Over LP production? Just what? him alone. Yeah. Over LP production would bring you there. But along with Killer Mike? Come on, man. The revolution? Oh, yeah. come on. Come on. Come on. Bro. Interesting collaborations. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gangsta Boo. <sighs> now, I ain't even a Gangsta Boo fan. Nah. However, that's interesting. Over LP production? Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is she going to do? <laughs> I got to hear this shit. I hear this. Yeah. <laughs> and how do they know her? Right. Did right. I tell you we bumped into Gangsta Boo on tour once? No. Oh, what tour was that? That might have been uh, King No Crown. We was in Albuquerque. We played a show with the uh, Swollen Members in Albuquerque. This is a random story. Yes. <laughs> that random Gangsta Boo story. <laughs> Red Groove remembers this. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure it was 2015. Okay. Or no, it might have been Respect to Architect. And because uh, I think Count was with us on that show. And uh, Gangsta Boo was sitting at the bar. Just And at- we just like, what's Gangsta Boo doing here? I guess she was dating one of the dudes from Swollen Members or something. What? And they crew. Just random Gangsta Boo at the bar. In Albuquerque, In New Albuquerque, Mexico. Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yeah, this ain't Gangsta- LA. This ain't. I didn't know who she was. And Groove, Groove, Groove and Count was like. That's Gangsta Boo right there. I was like, what is she doing here? <laughs> That's crazy. At a blueprint and swollen membership. That's crazy. <laughs> of all places. Yeah. In Albuquerque. Not in Atlanta. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah. Gangsta Boo. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Travis Barker. Right. Second record. Okay. Mm-hmm. Third album. Danny Brown. Oh yeah. You want to see that? Yeah. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tunde Adabembe of uh, TV on the radio. Yeah. Tunde from TV on the radio. TV on the radio, they're fucking dope. Oh, TV on the radio is this. If you like weird rock music. Yeah, that's them. Yeah, they're that's dope. Them. Huge them. too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, damn, what is this going to sound like? Mm-hmm. Um, Boots. That makes sense on the revolutionary right, shit. Yeah, right. they're carrying it. Okay, yeah, I want to hear that. Trina. Kamasi mm-hmm. Washington. <laughs> Jazz players. Right, right. What? what? Right, right. This right. is not who we would have predicted they collaborate with on any album no right but these collaborations whenever they would drop the track list 
made you say, what? I got to hear that. I got it. I hope that's a single. <laughs> yeah, I need to hear that. That's <laughs> what? Yeah. Trina? What? Trap's okay, Tunde. What are you going to be doing on that record? Mm-hmm. And it all was dope. Yeah, it all worked out. It all was dope. So that's number five thing. If you're an artist, you know, like we said, these are things that anybody can do. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people that you are surrounded by that people expect you to collaborate with. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Like, yeah, I know you and Elijah can do some shit together. Mm-hmm. But, oh, shit, Elijah did some shit with fucking Blackhead. Or, what, right. like you're saying, oh, Blueprint did some shit with RDD too. Oh, damn, those guys, I never thought of that. How did that happen? Right. Columbus, you right. know what I'm saying? Whatever. But those collaborations bring attention to your project mm-hmm. in a way that maybe doing what people expect you to do doesn't. All right. Take chances every now and again. Yeah. Okay. Number six thing that they did that helped in their marketing is email collection. Yep. I still get them. See? <laughs> I'm still on the list. Still on I haven't unsubscribed. You ain't gonna. Yeah, because I'm, I'm looking forward to the next Since project. Since 2013. Yep. You see, I'm this, still is, on there. this is actually a follow-up on number four, which was the free music thing. Mm-hmm. Because to us, or to the average person, free music is free music. Right. But it's not quite free because you have to give up your email address. Yeah, give me that email, I'll send it to you. In exchange. I'll send it to you if you give me that email. Right. <laughs> That's how you're supposed to do it. See, what we have now is we have people giving away free music with no nothing in exchange. Yeah, no incentive. Yeah, you can't keep. And and what the email address allows them to do is to market directly to those who listen to them. Mm -hmm. One one thing I I hear over and over when I hear the stories of people who've been on major labels or any label and they get off is that they don't know how to get in contact with their fans. They don't no know who idea. their fans are, right? No idea. You're on this big platform for years, but you've never ran your social media pages. Yeah. They're probably in shambles. The label probably did it for you. Mm-hmm. Everything that you did, you had the label as your conduit, yeah. you know, as the middleman between you and your fans. What getting those email addresses allowed Run the Jewels to do is start having a one-on-one conversation directly to their fans. Yeah. Now they know how many fans they got. They know where their fans live. When they send out an email newsletter that says, hey, we got these these tour dates coming up and they list 30 tour dates and Atlanta's one of them. They start seeing a gang of responses mm-hmm. and they see those ticket, they send those ticket links out and they can see, oh, these are our people and they're clicking here. Yeah. And they, we got people here, here, here. And we can tell them what we're going to do and they will support us directly instead of needing to go to Twitter, yeah. instead of going to Facebook where they charge you yeah. to speak to your fan base. Mm-hmm. You know, same thing for Instagram where they withhold your posts and don't show them to everyone who follows you. Yeah. This is the problem with social media now in that you have to pay to play mm-hmm. uh, at, at, at the entry level. You don't. Right. You get your first thousand followers. Facebook ain't yeah, holding nothing everybody back. Everybody gonna see those. Yeah, everybody sees everything you post. You think it's the shit. Oh, this is dope. I posted a message and a thousand people followed. I only got a thousand followers. Right. This is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Crack that thousand. See what happened. Yeah. Get five thousand. See what happened. Come on. Two thousand, bro. bro. They're gonna be holding your fans hostage. Dog, I'm at I'm at like ten, eleven yeah. on Facebook. Yeah. One percent to five percent. <laughs> they ain't seeing it. Bro. Yeah. They you gotta pay it. to play. You know. And uh, it's very hard to win until you really, really learn uh, the tricks at that level or you pay to play. Collecting email addresses allows you as an artist, business, whatever, to speak directly to your fans. And you don't got to pay nobody for shit. All you had to do was give them some free music, something that was of value to them. Mm -hmm. And you start the relationship there. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And for LP and Killer Mike to start a brand new venture and start out giving that away free. Mm -hmm. um, 
was brilliant. Oh, yeah. And at the time, I was like, damn, they're going to do that because I thought it was a one off mm-hmm. at the time. I thought, well, I think I think everybody right? did. Yes. I think that's why they was like, oh, they're giving it away for free. It must be the only one. That, it must be a, yeah. you know, a side hustle, side project that they're I just thought throwing that, out there. I thought that would be why they wouldn't. Right. I was like, well, they can't get us away because it's the only one. Right. But then when we saw how fast they came back, I was like, oh, this is planned. This is planned. They, mm-hmm. they, they're really they're monetizing after that. Yeah. The first was just to get you aware of it. Yeah. And then after that, they make the money, you know, on the back end. Because yeah, they couldn't have. It seems like they they had to at least have the first album done and be working on the second one. Totally. With how fast it came out. Yes. And they did a full tour on the first one. Yeah. So, yeah, they was 2013 for the first album, 2014 for the follow up. Yeah. A year. It's hard to do that. Yeah. I've done it, mm-hmm. but I'm solo. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, right? And uh, I'm. It's still hard once you do a full tour to come back and finish a record if you haven't started. It. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we, like you're saying, they had that planned. Yeah, they knew their second one was coming out a year later, yeah. which is why they felt comfortable giving it away in exchange for email. And now imagine how many email addresses that they have from that first campaign. Crazy. At least probably hundred thousand, maybe more, two hundred thousand people downloaded it. There's no even if you have 200,000 followers on social media, you can't have a direct conversation with that many people. Oh, no, no unless not at all. Yeah. So email collection is very important. Anybody can do it. Even if you only have 100 people on your email list, it's worth it. Oh, yeah, it's very much worth it. You know, and that's what some people don't get. They think, oh, I just need more people to start. No, no, no. Start having that conversation early and often with your supporters by starting your email collection early. Yeah, because you need to be able to connect with them because the whole thing about fans is that they want to connect with you as personal as they can get. Yes. You know, even though they know they can't touch you. But I mean, it's it's a surprise sometimes to fans that we are actually the ones that are responding on our social media pages. Yes. The fact that we will take the time out and actually respond to their email if they send us an email on a um, on our website or send us a message on our Facebook page like that means a lot. You yes. Because fans really do want to be in touch with the people that they admire. Yeah. And, and, and another thing that email allows you to do, um, it allows you to stay connected to an artist without having to check social media. Exactly. Right. If I'm on Run the Jewels email list, I don't got to follow LP on, on Twitter. Right. Or Instagram. Unless I, want to. Unless I really want to. Right. Uh, uh, because I have a direct connection now. Mm-hmm. All I want to follow him for is to get the shit that he's emailing me about anyway. <laughs> right. I ain't got to go through all these, these hoops to get it or be on there and not see the post. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, oh, no, he just sends it. They just send the tour dates directly to me. Yep. I know when they have a new I know record. When coming. I got the email announcing it. Right. It's cool. I got it first before they announced it on social media. Yeah. All right. And so that's number six email collection. OK. Number seven. And this is something that, again, brilliant. Mm-hmm. High end merchandise. Run the jewels. They did have free music. Mm-hmm. But don't get it fucked up. Oh, yeah. They make they, it, they, they make yeah. it back. They was, yeah, they was hitting you with four, five, six color t-shirts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Nice, you know, uh, uh, fabrics. Yeah, nice soft Golds cottons. and silvers. <laughs> yeah. You know? Shiny. Shiny, shiny, shiny merch. Joints. You know, these fools had, uh, you know, lunch boxes. Yeah. Soccer balls. Yeah. <laughs> watches. Run the jewels watches. Yeah. Pint glasses. Come on, man. Yeah. This is uh, this is what I like to call boutique style merch. Yeah. You know, a lot of people take a, a, a normal approach to merch, which is, you know, regular T-shirt, one color print, screen printing, nothing really nice, something that everybody can rock. Mm-hmm. But they don't do anything extra with it. Run the jewels from the beginning. 
uh, took a boutique approach to merch because once they took that boutique approach by doing nicer things, mm-hmm. they could charge more. Yeah, and so. the fact that their music was free, fans don't mind getting something tangible because most people listen to their music like we were talking to on their phones, yeah. you know, in digital, um, in digital means. So when you have something, they want something that connects them to you. They would much rather have a T-shirt, yes, than a, a physical CD yeah. or have a watch or have a hat. Yeah. So they are. They plan this shit from the yeah, jump. And they weren't just releasing free music with nowhere to go. Right. Like what we see now and what I've, I've seen many artists make the mistake of, they release free music, but where are you directing people to go after they like the music? Right. right? For them, you had to go to their website to get the free music. Mm-hmm. And when you got the free music, you were aware that they had a store. Mm-hmm. And at the store, you could buy the T-shirt. Right. Right. They were sending you to a specific place to try to capitalize on you hopefully liking the music and wanting to support them. A lot of times we just give away free music and we don't send nobody nowhere. This is true. We don't say, okay, at the end of this free music is, <laughs> is, is merch. Yeah. This is red merch. Smaller ass spread over here, <laughs> which is what I really need you to get up on. Right. right you know, right. you see the spread. This is supply shit. You yeah. know, it got all this just laid out. Look at the merch tape. <laughs> You know what I mean? This is for you. You know what I mean? Support this shit. We don't send them nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Other than, yeah, I gave them some free music and that's it. And I hope that they're fans. Yeah, gave them some free music in a card inside the CD. Hopefully, they'll go to my website. Right, hopefully. Yeah. Whereas they controlled the whole experience. They knew where they were going to send you. Mm-hmm. They knew they were going to get your email address. And they knew that all they had to do was just take a, a boutique high-end approach to merch. And they could probably make back on merch. Yeah. what they didn't make on the record sales. Oh, and much more. Yeah, because your price points are so high. You're, you're selling T-shirts for $30, $40, mm-hmm. hoodies for 50 bucks. You know what I mean? It's 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 very smart. You know what I mean? It's five CDs worth, basically. <laughs> yeah. In, a, in, one, in one purchase. One purchase. Plus, you're probably going to buy tickets mm-hmm. to the show because they announced they're going to the tour. This is all mapped out at the same time. Yeah. And so that's uh, number seven. Okay, we'll take a break and we'll be right back. What up, everybody? Quick reminder, Super Duty Tough Work hoodies, back in stock. We got smalls, back in stock. Medium, back in stock. Large, back in stock. Extra large, back in stock. 2XL, sold out already. My bad, y'all. But yeah, every other size of the Super Duty Tough Work hoodie is back in stock and available at waitlist.net. Go there, order yours, and support the movement. Rep the squad. Back to the show. Okay, back. Back in the place, <clears throat> giving credit where credit is due. Yeah, man, run the jewels, the brilliant market and run the jewels, man. So for all you independent artists out there, creative types, business owners, hope y'all are getting something out of this because mm-hmm. everything we've named is something that you can do. So we got three left. Number eight thing that run the jewels did was quick turnaround. Mm-hmm. We talked about it, yeah. but first record, 2013. Second record. 2014 mm-hmm. third record 2016 mm-hmm. after each of these records they were doing full tours oh yeah and like you're saying you can't drop your debut record one year and have your follow-up just a year later mm-hmm. unless you just kept doing music yeah, you just planned on it yeah you planned it from the beginning mm-hmm. and that quick turnaround uh played a big role in their success because it created momentum. Especially in today's world where yeah. everybody's addicted to their timeline. Yeah. Like what's next? Right. And you know? and people probably it caught people off guard. Mm-hmm. Cuz they weren't, pre- weren't no. ready for that. I was like, "Wait a minute. 
it just drop? Mm-hmm. A year later, like, Run of Juice 2. I'm still listening to the first one. Right. <laughs> but hell yeah, I'm happy now. Right. Whereas in most instances, you see an artist take at least two years between their record. Um, you don't know when it's coming out. Mm-hmm. You sit around and you go to the tours. Like, no, they had it all mapped out to take advantage of the, the momentum that they created. And uh, I think that was a big part in, in their success. Yeah. And wasn't, wasn't their release dates for the first two around Christmas? I cannot remember that. I think they were. I wouldn't I wanna, be surprised. I want to say like they in and yeah. or at least the third one I know they marketed it that way. Yeah. As like this Christmas thing. Yeah. So it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense, man. So like uh for artists out there, think about your follow up. Mm-hmm. Like are you putting things out there and just disappearing? Right. You know what I mean? To not be seen again, or are you putting things out there with a deliberate plan? Like, okay, this is what I'm giving them this year, but I'm already started on what I'm doing next year. I have my next two projects mapped out, my next three projects mapped out. If you do, then you will probably start to create the kind of momentum for yourself that they did, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. everyone's different, but what you really want with your fan base is momentum. Right. You want people to think, oh shit, they're on a roll. They done had a three, four record streak where it's like, all of these are classics. Yeah, like, these what are, are they? What are they doing next? Yeah, what's coming next? What's coming next? And you start to anticipate it. That just increases your attachment to that group. Right. And um, if you want to create the same thing, taking forever in between your projects is the worst thing you can do. Yes. So quick turnaround. Number eight. Number nine. We just talked about it. Thing mm-hmm. they did. The full tours, full tours, run the jewels all over the all over the world, really. Yes, world tours, world tours, thirty, fifty dates. Mm-hmm. You know, I looked up some of them. These are long tours they did. That means that they were committed. When you drop two records back to back years, and you are committed to doing that back to back, then you're basically you know that that this shit will be successful. Mm-hmm. You're committed ahead of time. You're saying, look, I know there's two records. Well, I'm committing two two tours. Right. I know what I'm going to be doing two years from now already. Yeah. I'm dropping this record. We're going to finish the next one. We're going to tour that. We're going to do two full worldwide tours. Yeah, like you already know two to three years of my life is yes. this is what I'm going to be doing and I'm going to be on the road. Yes, but, but what it creates, though, is a scenario where they ain't have to drop a record the last three years. No. You know, it's probably made multi-millionaires off of the first two records. Yeah, I mean, in the third record, how many times have we heard the um the one joint on commercials? Uh, I think what you're talking about. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, from the last, yep, from the yep. last record. From TV shows, TV shows trying to use it. Yep. Yeah, everything. Yeah, man. It's like um, when you have something that's special, mm-hmm. and that's what I think they have, I admire their commitment to say, okay, we know we got this thing. We're going to catch some lightning in a bottle. Um, let's just commit right now ahead of time to going out and doing this. Mm-hmm. We got 30 days on the road, 60 days on the road, whatever. We got this campaign. We got some music videos. Let's just do this because we know that if we do this properly, we won't have no regrets. We're going to maximize our income. And then we get to call our shot. Yeah. We don't have to take no dates. They can just play headlining dates whenever they want to and probably get paid fucking fifty thousand dollars, thirty thousand dollars just to get on stage. For the last few years, I, mean, I think the last year or so, all they've done is festivals. Yeah, that's I it. I haven't seen them do like regular tour <laughs> dates. They graduated. Yeah, that's where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did it, and they 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 got that because they put in the fucking work on the road. They went right. out, and the records were doing well. They didn't wait till the records got cold. They went out immediately, mm-hmm. took the tours everywhere, and they killed the live show. And they sold more merch, made more fans. And now, you know, that shit is a part of your marketing. Touring is not just 
a, a money grab. Right. You know what I mean? It's part of the marketing. It's part of the marketing of the record because now people in those cities that you're going to get to say, okay, now that I've experienced the record on record, I get to go experience it live. Yeah, and th- and then when you kill it live, it's like it's a it's a full full circle experience. Yeah, brand new word of mouth. Yeah, because yeah, the record came out. They were talking about it. You know, I mean, tour date announced. They're talking about it. Mm-hmm. Love the show. Talking about it again. Mm-hmm. What else gives you that kind of word of mouth among right. the people? Touring does. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why it's so important. Okay. Last joint and the most important yes without this one none of the others are possible <laughs> right 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 because it's not just plug and play no it's, it's not. not just math no it's not the 10th thing that run jules did was have great music i think you should say that again have great music yeah geez guys i don't know how else to say this <laughs> you know you can you can have all the bells and whistles you want garbage in garbage out <laughs> Real talk. Yeah. Real talk. Garbage in, garbage out. Yeah. You can't polish up a turd. Nah. As they say. You know what I mean? Lipstick just, on a pig. Yeah. <laughs> just because you put whipped cream on shit don't make it a chocolate sundae. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's great. <laughs> it's true, though. It's true. It's you got to have good music, man. Yeah. Have good music. Like, it doesn't matter... All of these things that we've said that that they've done, mm-hmm. that is just a part of their marketing strategy, it's contingent upon having great music. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen artists with shitty music blow up as well, so right, we don't right, want to discount right, that. Right. But the first thing you need to be concerned about is having great music. Put in the time in a studio, mm-hmm. developing your product, developing your record, developing your skills so that when people actually hear you, they like it enough to spread the word. Right. They have a connection with that music because they know that this is not no slap together bullshit Mm -hmm. and run the jewels. I mean, everything LP's ever been a part of has been meticulously crafted from his company flow days to now. And uh, that same thing is a part of run the jewels now. And I think that is a chief part. You know now that their name is associated with quality because every time they came out, it was top level shit that they could have done mm-hmm. and they didn't have to do as much heavy lifting because the music created the word of mouth for them. yeah because the thing is if they didn't have the music they wouldn't have even had the mind to put in the work to have this whole thing set up mati- yeah. as meticulously as it was i think the thing is they probably came together like let's let's work on some music mm-hmm. and when they started working on music they was like we got some here yes so yes. let's plan to utilize this good music Mm-hmm. to create this thing for the next two to three, four, five years of our lives. So without the good music, I don't even think they think about the, the rest of the shit. I agree. I agree. They knew. Yeah. They knew they had something. Like imagine hearing that shit in the studio. Like you just you just made that shit. Yeah. You're like, and you in the studio listening like, yo, you're looking at each other like, yo, let's do this. Yeah. And they both needed it at that point oh, in their yeah. career. Like yeah. it, it kind of helped them both reinvent themselves. Mm hmm. And uh, I think that's just so fucking dope that they were able to like put it together. And like you're saying, based on good music, right? Because everything we've named, number one through nine, mm-hmm. those things follow great music. Yeah, foundation. They don't, they don't precede great music. Mm-hmm. Great music is the foundation of it all. The collaborations. None of these people want to hop on a record if the music ain't fire. Yeah, you know the touring. Uh, the, the, the high-end merch, people are not going to buy that if the music ain't fire. Right. If the music doesn't represent something that they feel proud about spreading. Right. Um, so so concentrate on making great 
music y'all yeah you know whatever everything you else do. and everything and playing yeah. shit but everything else will kind yeah. of fall into place right if you make the great music first and you plan shit out yeah and like you're saying you'll feel confident yeah marketing the hell out of your shit yeah. because the music's dope yeah because when you hear this shit you're like oh yo i'm not playing right i can't because if the music is that good you're like yo i gotta i gotta do what's right by this record we've talked about this with like your celestial record yeah and how when we did that interview uh a few weeks back Mm -hmm. uh, for the anniversary yeah and he was like how did you know what made you guys do all we're like we knew we had something he's like why'd you keep we're like we knew yeah we knew as soon as we were working on celestial the demos right we're like that's special yeah it was like yo yeah (laughs) we gotta throw everything at this one time yeah we're doing something special with this and and i remember us throwing every dime we literally had at that record yeah we did from 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 the radio we did radio promo Mm -hmm. we did uh distribution all of that we did uh in cap retail Mm -hmm. and we did traditional publicity yeah we had never spent that much on a record it hadn't since like because we were like we believe in this album (laughs) right yo (laughs) you know you you were you were on all kind of tours anytime we could get you on tour we got you on tour yeah because we believed in the music and it started there and that galvanized everyone in the crew around it Mm -hmm. and i think that's what run the jewels saw like you're saying they got in there they start creating shit they're like oh word we got one we got something <laughs> yeah. we got something special yeah so that's it for this week man yeah man uh i'm gonna read them back this this is about the marketing brilliance of uh run the jewels and uh this is a long overdue one but uh these are the 10 things that they did that you know you should be doing mm-hmm. number one combined forces number two strong branding number three great album setups number four free music Number five, interesting collaborations. Number six, email collection. Number seven, high-end merch. Number eight, quick turnaround. Number nine, full tours. And number 10, great music. Word. Yeah. So hope y'all got something out of this and uh, see y'all next week. Peace. Peace. Listening to Super Duty Tough Work. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Follow the podcast on SoundCloud. Peace. Shoot, I got styles already that's more complex than nobody know about. I mean, Super Duty Tough Work. Huh?